0: Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is spending 10 minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending 10 minutes or so with editor, agent, and commentator on the science fiction and fantasy publishing field, Don Dongwon Song, who joins me from somewhere in the Big Apple. Hello, Dongwon.
1: Hi, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me on.
0: It's a genuine pleasure. Uh, I'm fine. How are you? How are you? H- how is your pandemic going?
1: <laughs> uh, my pandemic is going, uh, that, that strange balance of sheer panic and very calm and sedate. Um, you know, so I've been holed up in my apartment for, for many weeks at this point, uh, here in Brooklyn. And, you know, my, my day to day life has been perfectly fine. You know, as a literary agent, I mostly work from home. So in a weird way, this hasn't even been that big of a shift for my daily life, but.
0: Have you been impacted by the feeling that, you know, I was talking to someone about the difference between being a voluntary shut in and an involuntary shot in has
1: that chafed a little it definitely has you know i mean new york uh, i miss i miss the city in a weird way you know i miss the cafes and the restaurants and the bars and you know i i don't uh, go out a terribly great amount but you know those moments where you can meet a friend for a drink or you know even have a nice dinner by yourself reading a book um, is those are things I really treasure and not they have accessing access to those right now um, is definitely very disconcerting and I mean that's that's not even to touch on the great tragedy that is happening to this city um, you know New York is sort of an epicenter for for this breakout in the United States and you know it's it's very difficult both to balance my very pedestrian, like, oh no, I can't have a drink with, you know, there's this scope and scale of the tragedy, but, you know, our experiences are our experiences, so.
0: Absolutely. One thing that agents and editors certainly have in common with book readers and book lovers everywhere, apart from being book readers and book lovers, is you have to spend a lot of time reading. Has this impacted your ability to focus, to pay attention, to enjoy reading?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think, I think part of what's happening with the pandemic, and this is easing a little bit, I think, as as the weeks stretch on, but, you know, all the decisions that uh, normally would be very simple decisions of, I need to go to the grocery store, I'm going to order Chinese takeout today, right? All those things become freighted with an enormous amount of significance. And you it, it taps your executive function, right? Like that part of your brain that helps you focus and manage your workflow and prioritize tasks, a lot of that is now taken up with, these sort of uh, daily survival questions. And so I think a lot of us have found our ability to concentrate pretty impacted and our ability to work pretty impacted. Um, you know, thankfully, on my side of the business, things got pretty quiet as I think the editorial side adjusted to the situation. Um, but that's starting to ramp up again now. And, you know, I, I think we're all figuring out new ways to work uh, <laughs> in this in this time. So Definitely. Okay. Well, let, let me
0: ask you what we're here for, which is to talk about what are you reading? So can you tell me what have you been reading lately? And critically, is it any good?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, doing what I do, I'm only going to talk about books that I like. You know, I, I have too many friends in this business to go out there running around being like, this one was terrible. And then, you know, that inevitably comes back on me. However, that said, thankfully, I have things that I genuinely really love that I read recently. Uh, The the most recent one that I just finished is uh, N.K. Jemisin's new book. Um, And she wrote a book called The City We Became uh, that was based on a short story that was published on Tor.com several years ago. (laughs) I really adored the short story, and so I've been very much looking forward to uh, reading the novel. And, you know, it it really delivered on everything that I hoped it would be. It is a complete love letter to New York City. Um, It was a strange book to read during this time because it is in some ways about a plague. Um, and it is so much about a deep love for New York and the different aspects of the city. And so, you know, as I was talking about earlier, feeling such like emotional distress about what's happening to this place that I really love and reading this book that's about that it was both, um, hit me harder emotionally and was sort of healing in a way to be reminded of like, oh yes, like these things are survivable. And these are the reasons I do love this city or this borough or this aspect of it. Um, and, you know, Nora is is one of just the most talented writers we have working in the genre today, and I'm so grateful that, you know, I got to read this book and, and in this moment where, you know, I think it really sort of helped me process some of my feelings about what's going happening. So
0: Excellent. And what else have you been reading, or has that been the main thing? Uh,
1: that was the main thing I read recently. I'm just starting uh, Rory Power's next book called uh, Burn Our Bodies Down. Uh Rory had a debut YA novel last year called The Wilder Girls. That again was like one of my absolute favorite things that I've read. Um it was very much like Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer, but sort of for a YA audience. So it was much more internal, it's much more about the emotional lives of the characters. And you know, it's like these girls trapped on an island where um a horrible plague has broken out and they've been quarantine there for years as their bodies slowly mutate and change. And it is just this beautiful metaphor for what it is to be becoming something that may be unrecognizable to yourself um, and, you know, struggling with emotions and queerness and, you know, just growth and change generally. Um, it is one of the grossest books I've ever read. And I mean <laughs> that as a very high compliment. Um, the, you know, I have a pretty high tolerance for gore, and I hope this isn't putting people off of it because I, I really suggest people check this one out. But I, I opened the book, read the first page, and sort of had to gently set it down again for a few minutes. Um, so, But really, one of my absolute favorite reads of last year. And so now I have a galley of her next book, which I believe is out very soon. I, I meant to look up the date before this podcast recording, and I forgot. Um, and so but I, I highly recommend checking out Rory's work. Uh the new book is Burn Our Bodies Down and the first book is Wilder Girls.
0: Fantastic. Then let me ask you this. If that's what you're reading, are there particular kinds of books that you would recommend to people for for the time we're in? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I have been driving some of my friends insane by constantly reducing it to a simple decision between Pratchett or Proust comfort or challenge you know which is a nonsensical (laughs) dichotomy but still there is that sense when you're shut in of wanting to i don't know somehow either comfort yourself or better yourself or something are there Mm -hmm. favorites you've encountered that you recommend to people
1: you know it's funny that you're bringing that up because i was thinking about how in the early days of all this uh the movie contagion became one of the most popular movies that people were watching it just you know it, it flew up the charts in terms of most downloaded so i do think there's two reactions to this one which is I need to grapple with this head on or I need to have other ways to think about this. So sort of in the first camp of, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I want to read more about pandemics and those kind of things. Uh, In a fictional context, I would recommend uh, one of my clients, Emily Subeda, She has a uh, trilogy, the first book of which is called This Mortal Coil. Um, and it is about a young woman surviving, um, in the aftermath of a plague that has decimated most of human civilization. Um, and it is, uh, just an absolutely brilliant science thriller, um, of this young woman who is uh, a hacker and is able to genetically modify herself and the people around her. Um, and it's, it's just a really brilliant, fun, twisty read. There are three books. The third book just came out last year. Uh, again, that's This Mortal Coil by Emily Suveda. Okay. <laughs> On the oh sorry.
0: No, what were you saying? No, continue. So, sorry.
1: On the very other end of the spectrum, um, there's a book by Rebecca Solnit. Um, who is a literary nonfiction writer. Uh, She's an art critic and an essayist and a memoirist. Uh, She's a political writer. She's probably most famous for um, the book Men Explain Things to Me, uh, in in which she's credited for inventing the term mansplaining, which even she's like, I don't know if that's true. Um, But, you know, she'd been writing for many, many years before that happened and is really just one of my favorite writers of nonfiction and serious thought and sort of very emotional uh, work. And many years ago, she wrote this book called A Paradise Built in Hell. Um, and it is about how humans and communities respond to disaster. Um, it is a book that challenges, I think, a lot of the assumptions that we have about, you know, how people react to disasters. Uh, you know, she, um, you know, looks at a volcanic eruption. She looks at, you know, a number of different scenarios where people have been shown to build community and support in the aftermath of a terrible event rather than descending into sort of a Lord of the Flies-like savagery, um, which I think is something that we assume. You know, if you look at all the narratives that came out around Katrina, there was all this hyperbole about how awful it was, but really what was happening was so many different people uh, learning how to support each other, build community, find aid, those kind of things. Um, so it's a book that I think is really relevant for this moment as we try to figure out how do we ourselves protect ourselves and support ourselves and support the people around us and how are we going to build community going forward at a time where we may not be able to rely on the uh, power structures that are traditionally in place, right? Okay. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend Rebecca Solnit's A Paradise Built in Hell.
0: Wonderful. I'll well, make sure it goes in the show notes. Let me ask you this then. You're obviously a busy busy man. what's happening in your world what, what, what to, what's what's new with you? Uh,
1: you know we are still tr- selling books primarily um, and you know the publishing industry has uh, been surviving this moment surprisingly well um, and you know I have a couple books coming out in July um, you know it's it, I think the biggest challenge we have right now is figuring out okay how do we talk about uh, promoting books and selling books right now. How do we do the marketing side of things just because there is so much noise there's so much going on? But, uh, people are still interested in finding new leads and, 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 you know, engaging with them. Uh, so there's two books I want to talk about. Um, you asked me for one book for each of these and I've given you two for every, no, category, no, two, no two is good. I'm not even going to apologize. There's no <laughs> limit. Some people's
0: named 35, so.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so. Two sort of fantasy reads. Um, the first is a book by uh, Ryan Van Lone. Uh, this will be his debut novel. Um, the book is called The Sin in the Steel, and it's out from Tor Books on July 21st. Uh, it is very much a swashbuckling pirate adventure. Um, it features uh, uh, sort of an odd couple um, main characters, characters. Um, uh, who are generally investigating crimes and have been tasked to figure out what's happening to a series of missing sugar shipments. And everything sort of devolves into chaos from there as <laughs> dead gods and ancient powers become involved and things like that. Uh, the, the main character <coughs> is a young woman who is exceedingly brilliant, but grew up on the streets and is also exceedingly violent. And she's just a complete delight to spend time with <laughs> as she insults and stabs her way through every problem she's ever encountered. Um, <laughs> you know, Ryan's, I think a brilliant writer. I'm so excited for his debut. He's also one of the most genuinely lovely human beings I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. So <laughs> please keep an eye out for Ryan's work. Um, and that again is the sin in the steel.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the second book I have is uh, from Matt Wallace, uh, the Hugo Award-winning Matt Wallace, who has his own podcast, Ditch Diggers, with Murr Lafferty. Uh, Matt is, a, again, a, just a really brilliant writer, and he has done an epic fantasy. He's most known for a series called Sin Du Jour, which is sort of like a, – it's a Tor.com novella series. That is very. Um, I describe it as uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Party Down, which is, uh, <laughs> a small show about caterers. Um, so it's about a group of people who uh, serve mystical monsters to other monsters as you know, uh, as a catering company. Anyways, <laughs> so Sainte is is a very sort of light, fun, um, episodic kind of fantasy, and and his new work is very, very different from that. Um, he's done sort of a very big challenging epic fantasy that I think is really kind of going at a lot of the core assumptions of the genre and turning them on their head a little bit. Um, the book's called Savage Legion. Uh, and uh, the, the eponymous group in the book is um, a military force that is comprised of all the un- undesirables and unwanted from uh, the the main society in this book. So they've captured the poor, the disabled, queer, you know, people who aren't accepted by society and and kidnap them and force them to fight in what's called the Savage Legion, which they use for to power sort of this never-ending imperial conquest of the rest of the world. Um, so it, it really is uh, a very on-the-nose metaphor about how we... View certain categories of people in our world as expendable, and what does that mean? And, you know, I think really interrogating that in the context of an epic fantasy was, to me, very exciting. And I think Matt has done something really special here that I haven't seen done in quite the way that he does it before. So, Matt Wallace's Savage Legion, that's out from Saga Books again on July 21st. Uh, Both these books are landing on the same day. So I highly recommend going and checking out both if you're looking for a new fantasy
0: series. Fantastic. Again, I'll make sure that there are links to those in the show notes. Let me ask you one last thing. You do a regular newsletter of your own called Publishing is Hard. It's fascinating and I enjoy it. And I really want to ask you this. This is a strange time we're in by any measure. Do you think publishing is going to get harder?
1: it is certainly possible that publishing will get harder. Um, you know, I sort of hesitate to say harder versus less or more or less hard. I think it's always difficult and there's always challenges. Um, I think with each different evolution that comes to the business, what those challenges are become very different. And I think the people who have been successful right now will find the new future harder and people coming up, will find different strategies to adapt, right? So you know, the, the, the rise of indie publishing, for example, made life a lot harder for a lot of people who had sort of mid-list traditional careers, but made a great opportunity for a ton of newcomers on the scene, right? So, you know, publishing is hard because it is hard to tell good stories. It is hard to sell media, to sell art to people. Um, and, you know, all those challenges are always going to exist. Um, those challenges are not insurmountable. Um, but, you know, we do face some very real real risks right now. If we lose traditional bookstores in the United States, if we lose our indie bookstores, uh, if Barnes & Noble has more trouble than they have had up until now going forward, then those things will have very material, very real impacts on the industry. Um, and, you know, we can't know what exactly is going to happen with that until it happens. So I think we need to stay mobile, stay ready be aware of the challenges, but also not panic and despair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, a quick follow-on. During this time, a lot of people have been talking about supporting local independent bookstores, and I think that's critical and important. I would encourage everybody to do that. But do you think that it risks undervaluing the entire bookselling ecosystem to just highlight one, that there's a real role for all of these booksellers to play to help bring stories Mm -hmm. to readers?
1: It is true, and you know the book selling chain is very important and very um, uh, varied and diverse. That said, I think a lot of the talk about supporting your independent bookstore is – I think we all have the general sense that a, a, a percentage of people who see that or hear that or are buying books right now are going to do that. Most mm. people are probably still going to Amazon, still going to sure. Barnes & Noble. So yes. it really is advocating for the people who we feel need to be advocated for right now rather than saying – you know, all sales should go through independent bookstores. You know, if it were up to me, maybe that's true. Maybe I would feel that way. Um, you know, Barnes & Noble plays an incredibly important piece of our uh, publishing process right now. Um, and, but I love my indies. And, you know, I think they do wonderful work in curation and building community and supporting new authors. Um, but, you know, it's, it. there's many challenges and many questions. <laughs> you well. Know, wow. Let
0: me say, thank you very much for making time to talk to me t- today, Dongwon. I genuinely appreciate it. and I Absolutely. All-
1: it was such a pleasure. Okay. Thank you.